Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. You know, I have a great time talking about football history each and every day with you and sharing so many great memories that sometimes I get caught up in it and I sit there and I think about some of these anniversaries of these great games. Well, we're coming upon October 18th. In October 18th, 1924, there was an epic football game that took place and I can only sit back and think about what it must have been like to be back in that era and to listen to one of these great vintage football games on the radio. So I'm going to take you inside the imagination of one Oz Davis and myself and our interpretation of what it must sound like. Welcome, football fans of all ages, to play-by-play description of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish versus the West Point Cadets by me, Freddie Carson, direct from Polo Grounds via the URP radio network via WNEW right here in good old Gotham Town. We're a good 30 minutes away from the start of play here at the grounds, but the pageantry has already begun. More than five dozen players have suited up for the Irish today, and all 60 strong are running drills as though participating in one of the opposition's boot camps. This is quite the sight to witness, ladies and gentlemen as multiple punters and kickers are booming balls back and forth near each sideline at the Irish end. Whilst in the center of the field, the offense platoons are throwing passes and conducting blocking drills. An impressive display of regimentation being displayed by Coach Newt Rockney's squadron. And here come the 1,400 cadets to back their teams here today. All are outfitted in their dress grades, in military formation to their seats. Though it should be pointed out that this particular crowd will have scarce little use for such comforts in a thriller such as this promises to be. That's right, October 18, 1924, Polo Ground Crowd. You're about to hear... The Roar of the Crowd. This is a presentation from which those great moments in sports history are revived. Come listen to the Roar of the Crowd, presented by Pigpen Sports. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And you guessed it, in celebration of the anniversary of the October 18th, 1924 game, we are going to talk about this was one of the greatest games ever played with an undefeated Notre Dame team of Newt Rockney going to New York City to the Polo Grounds to face a very tough and undefeated Army squad. And, you know, this is uh, really quite a, a game that really set a precedence for what was going to happen in college football for times to come. You know, First of all, you had more press coverage than ever before you know part of it was in the big apple people were taking interest to it uh, you had folks from alumni from Notre Dame and from the Midwest that had traveled to New York City on business because business was starting to thrive a little bit in the 1920s and they were putting you know in good words about their alma mater coming to town and how powerful they were and Notre Dame definitely had a very good team coming up and also uh, 
little be noticed by many, uh, Newt Rockney hired a New York Times reporter to cover the game so that he would get some positive press for his 11 also. So you had all this happening. Army was a very popular team, a very good team at the time. Notre Dame's a very good team, growing in popularity. You know, you have these two great forces of nature meeting on the gridiron football field. And then you had a record crowd at the Polo Grounds of over 60,000 people people were there to witness such an exceptional game. Now you heard at the intro, we had a little excerpt uh, from our number 80s production team. That's uh, what Oz Davis and myself have put together. And it's our audio drama, Orville Mulligan sports writer from segments from one of the episodes titled The Four Horsemen, which by the way, I'm going to drop into the feed, the full episode into today's feed of Pigskin Dispatch. So wherever you find your favorite podcasters and you have Pigskin Dispatch, you'll see that Orville Mulligan episode pop up there too. To hear more Orville Mulligan episodes, you can find that at your favorite podcasters as well, uh, Orville Mulligan Sports Writer, or on sportshistorynetwork.com or orvilmulligan.com. Now, we have some very talented people working on this Orville Mulligan project. As you heard, you heard the great writing uh, and script by Oz Davis and uh, great editing and putting together with crowd noise and everything. And uh, also, our actors, are they're off the charts. You heard the voice of Cademan Holland, who is playing the part of Freddie Carson, the radio announcer from our fictitious uh, radio brand that we have, uh, Station. And uh, you're going to also hear more from Cademan and also our Orville Mulligan, our main character, who is played by Doug Fye. And you'll hear a little bit from Dugs Dougal, played by Vernon Poitras. Uh, some great actors, some great voices. We have a bunch of other ones that you'll hear through the episodes. But these are the, the three main folks that are going to be talking here and uh, playing excerpts from that, that episode to help tell the story of this 1924 Notre Dame Army game. Like most of these big battles of great teams that we even see in our modern era, the teams sort of start off the game sort of getting their footing, feeling each other out, trying to see what's going to work, what's not going to work, and uh, trading blows back and forth, as we'll hear from our announcer, Freddie Carson, as well as some insight from Orville Mulligan. Quarter one was something of human table tennis, with Layden and Wood exchanging punts throughout. The horsemen repeatedly successful with gains on the ground and even a forward pass, but the steadfast cadets stifling ball carriers before yardage could be accumulated. The cadets, along with the 50,000-plus here, have expected the usual fast-paced aerial game from this Notre Dame offense, but instead clever option plays and cross-blocking schemes are breaking this West Point front. And here's Miller with the handoff. He takes around the left flank. He's free, gains more, and it's stopped after a gain of 15 yards and another Notre Dame first down. The tactics of the Wiley Rockney were starting to take form. After seemingly lulling the Army defense into near complacency until his own cavalry arrived in the form of well-rested Irish regulars. Here's Stuldreyer taking the snap. Heads directly into the line. No, he stops, pivots, and fires. It's stabbed by Jim Crowley for the catch, and Crowley gets a few more for a total gain of 12 yards, and Notre Dame is threatening deep in Army territory for the first time today. Yes, indeed, Army was on the move, and they had quite a drive going, as uh, Orville and Freddie were just discussing, telling us there from that radio play-by-play. But now came the big play that was going to break open this first half. 
and he's in for the touchdown! Nothing was stopping Layden from plowing through the line on that play. 6-0 Notre Dame fighting Irish with the lead. From a reporting standpoint, the action was all in strategy. West Point's Ellinger, Darvish, Farwick, and their line mates indeed held steady and even drove forth their running game with a little event. This battle of immovable object versus immovable object was underpinned with the chess match contested between Newt Bockney and Jim McEwen, a junior in experience, but today proving equal in tactics. And equal they were. These two teams not only were coached equally, but also the players were just equal. That 6 nothing score stood up through halftime and, and well into the third quarter until some more great events happened. Just like college games today, there was college football games Saturday back then too. And there were some other big games happening as well. As I told you, we're going to hear a little bit from Dukes McDougal's character and uh, some information that he got on another game going on. Just got done talking to a United Press colleague in Illinois. He says Red Grange went for four touchdowns and 225 yards in the first quarter today. Notre Dame could boast no one colossal superstar like Red Grange, but their legion of four would ultimately pack more than sufficient punch on this day. There's the big game around the right end by Crowley, then Miller around to the left. And the West Point cadets are looking positively suspect on this drive, reeling from this grueling, difficult, four-headed monster of Notre Dame. And this time it's Crowley. Crowley takes the ball, breaks a tackle, and another! Crowley in the clear, and he'll go the full 20 yards for the score! Touchdown, Notre Dame! And that silences a majority of this Polo Grounds crowd. Even with Harding's fourth-quarter touchdown for Army to stymie the shutout, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish buttressed convincingly their early calls for recognition as a tip-top flight program with a dominant performance. Regardless of this team's final fate in their crusade for a number one nod, we may be witnessing the first-ever All-American backfield in action. Well, Orville, you weren't too far off because three of those four of the four horsemen did make the All-American team. First team as Harry Stoldrayer quarterback. We had Jim Crowley as halfback and Elmer Layden as fullback. Don Miller being the only one of those four of that uh, tremendous backfield that did not make first team All-American. But you had a halfback by the name of Red Grange going crazy over there at Illinois. So that's part of the reason, And uh, but just a very good backfield, and they worked in tandem together. Very hard to stop and very difficult to beat Notre Dame with those four horsemen. Like we just heard, that uh, Army scored a final touchdown, kicked the extra point. Notre Dame hung on and won the game 13-7, to uh, ended up propelling them to go and play in the Rose Bowl. And we're going to talk about that in the month of December because we have quite Quite a bit of Rose Bowl coverage coming here the whole month of Rose Bowl history. And we have quite a few guests and historians that are going to come on and talk about that. And we're going to have a little bit more from our friends at Orville Mulligan. Uh, some of the great excerpts we'll have from another episode covering the great Rose Bowl game that they have there. And so we won't ruin it for you. But uh, you know, that's what we have today. And that is our football history that happened October 18th, 1924, when the Four Horsemen and Notre Dame went to New York in the polo grounds and heard that roar of the crowd. 
This special edition is thanks to Orville Mulligan sports writer and our great acting team, uh, Freddie Carson, played by Cademan Holland, Orville Mulligan, played by Doug Fye, and Dugues Dougal by Vernon Poitras. Also, the, the excellent writing and putting together editing and sound of Oz Davis and his great imagination and our whole Orville Mulligan team. You can find Orville Mulligan Sports Writer on your favorite podcaster on Sports History Network or on OrvilleMulligan.com. And I'm like I said, I'm going to put this whole episode of the Four Horsemen into the Pigskin Dispatch feed today so that you're seeing that you'll be able to hear the entire uh, episode in its full length with the whole story that's going on in the background. And make sure you check out those other episodes because this is really an up-and-coming great uh, podcast drama, uh, audio drama that is really taking the nation by storm and telling another way of uh, explaining and sharing not only football history, but sports history and American history as well. And we hope you enjoy them all. And we hope you'll join us back tomorrow for some more great sports history and football history. Till tomorrow, everybody, have a great, great Iron Day. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.